0: As we weave our lights together to seek understanding, enlightenment, and with a little luck, some wisdom. This is Nightlight, a reminder that you are never alone. And now, here is your host, the lovely, delightful, insightful, and all-around great gal... Ms. Barbara DeLong.
1: Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Nightlight. Um, I, I have to chuckle every time I listen to that intro because uh, Ken Quiet Hawk put a little of his own twist in there, for which I am eternally grateful because he is an amazing man. Tonight is a special night. We have Terry Bellaschuk. Oh I hope I said that right. She holds a PhD. Um, she's a PhD and she holds a Bachelor of Arts in psychology and has completed three master's degree programs in spiritual psychology with an emphasis on health, consciousness and healing and a master's in metaphysical science. Dr. Tammy has two doctorates in holistic life counseling and metaphysical counseling, and is also a certified in hypnotherapy. She's a certified Mandela facilitator and art for healing instructor. She hosts the very popular radio program journey to the center journey to center on empowered radio. And you can find her on www.tammy.com. BPHD.com. And in her spare time, she has written two amazing books, Manifesting Love from the Inside Out and Manifesting Prosperity from the Inside Out. And we're going to be talking about those tonight. So without further ado, welcome to the show, Tammy. It's good to have you here.
2: Thank you, Barbara. I'm so happy to be spending some time with you this evening and, and with whoever's uh, connecting with us. I'm very honored.
1: Well, you know, it's I have found that you never know who's out there, which is the coolest <laughs> thing ever. <laughs> and, and and when I started doing radio, uh, I listened, of course, to a lot of other people who did shows that were in this similar um, genre. And and one, one, one evening I was listening to somebody and they said, well, nobody's calling in with questions. So I'm going to play some music. And if nobody calls in, we'll just shut the show down. And. I waited and she played and there was nobody else and she shut the show down. I, I made a, a mental note to myself. That is something I want to take note of. You know, if I'm committed for that time frame, I'm going to be on the air and probably four or five months later, something happened to my switchboard and no calls were getting through and I couldn't see the chat room. That was not there. And I didn't know if there was anybody there or not. And so for two hours, I read the universe. I just said, okay, you know, I, I, and and I didn't, you know, know if anybody, you know, is anybody there? <laughs> and, and so a couple of days later, when I when I checked to see if anybody had, you know, actually been there, there were like 300 people that were listening that night. Wow, we're not alone. And so it's like, you know, just because you can't see them, Just because you can't touch them, smell them, or or hear them doesn't mean they're not there. And (laughs) and (laughs) so, you know, I I always, whether or not, you know, the chat room has people or whether or not people call in, I plow ahead and and I'm always surprised later to see, wow, they may not have turned up in numbers that evening, but they were definitely there. And I think that's something we all should, I think it, it taught me a lesson in that, Even when you don't think anybody's listening, there really is somebody
2: listening. That's beautiful. I say that about our angels. Just because you don't see them or or hear them or really sense them in a tangible way doesn't mean there's not billions of them around you supporting you and loving on you and pouring down grace on you. We just have to open our hearts. We just have to crack open our hearts to believe it and then receive it. So I think that's a beautiful message. It, it really,
1: you know, I I have found um, in my later years that so much happens in a subtle way, and if you are paying attention to all of the nuances of things that are going on around you, you learn so much more about yourself and about the people in your life, and and it it truly is amazing. But I, love that. I, I have I have to say, you you came to this field much in the same way a lot of us did through trauma. <laughs> mm-hmm. <That's laughs> and, true. and, and, um, I had, you know, major car accidents. My life changed totally. My literally, I felt like my legs had been cut out from under me. They hadn't been, but I, that's how I felt. I lost, uh, I lost my career. I lost everything. Um, I mean, I, I, not quite, I had a mother that you know was there for me, but, but, the life that I thought I was going to lead, the the life that I thought was carved in stone, was just suddenly washed away so fast, and it was like, well, what else do I have, and where do I go? And mm-hmm. it was into this field of of healing and consciousness and and understanding myself, and and you know, doing a, a lot of digging and and looking in the mirror, really looking in the mirror, not to see if my hair was right, but to see if, (laughs) if my aura was on straight. (laughs) And, um, and you went through, you know, a a similar situation where your life was turned upside down and you found in order for you to, to reclaim yourself, you had to find a way to do it and you turned to this field and you, you turned my God, this is the most, I mean, PhDs and master's degrees and all sorts of amazing certificates in in healing and counseling and everything else. So um, I'm I'm wondering, uh, talk to a number of people who who have come to this field through difficulties of their own. And they seem to me to be, not that other people aren't valid and, and whatever, but when you have to go through the healing process yourself, you're a much better teacher of it for other people.
2: Yeah, definitely. You know, going through the tre- the trenches, um, you become very familiar with the terrain. And yeah. I I was absolutely brought to my knees. And like you, Barbara, I thought I knew what I was supposed to be doing and who I was supposed to be with. I, I thought I knew what was going on. And then when things fell apart, I always say my ego was devastated, but my soul celebrated. Because then that did put me on the path of um, healing become um the wounded healer to really look inside Mm -hmm. like you not just look at the surface anymore but to really go much deeper and it felt like the universe was dropping breadcrumbs and it was just little (laughs) bits at a time i couldn't see very far but i could look down and see the next step the next step and it was tough i'm not gonna lie it wasn't that much fun going from red carpets to uh, massage school again Mm -hmm. you know my my ego didn't love this work but it was sort of like my house of cards fell down. My castle that was built on sand came crumbling down and it was time to create a foundation, a very solid, stable foundation to rebuild my life on. And um I feel like that's what I've done. Well, I, I would say so.
1: And and you know, my goodness. First first of all, I've read both books and I and I think they're they're incredibly well done. And I highly recommend them to, to everybody out there. They're manifesting love from the inside out and manifesting prosperity from the inside out. Um, I read them in the, I, I read them first the love and then the prosperity. Cause I thought, you know, that was maybe the way one should work on one's consciousness. Um, but that, that's just me. You know, you can read them in any order you want. What I found was that, that not only do you say, well, in order to attract this into your life, you have to become this, which is true. I mean, totally true. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you say this to someone, they look at you and say, how? And most, most people, most counselors, you know, kind of just say, well, work on yourself. But you give people directions and exercises and, and all sorts of suggestions on how to do the work, which I think is fabulous. And and I, I I admit that 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 in in many cases you know I I think huh she must have been listening to my show
2: <laughs> <laughs> if you were doing it in two thousand I might have been I might have been picking up on it <laughs> tuning into uh, in no. you <laughs> don't don't think so but 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 what what I find is. The
1: message, you know, that, that, that I have been preaching for a long time, very similar to yours, and, mm-hmm. and the techniques, very similar to yours. Mm-hmm. And I think that, that um, the information is, and because, because a lot of us have grabbed onto the same information and are presenting it mm-hmm. differently in subtle ways, it just means that there, you know, it's different strokes for different folks, what, whatever, mm-hmm. whatever it takes. Oh,
2: absolutely. Um, mm-hmm.
1: And you know, we both you you do um, you do work with journals a lot, which I think is is incredible.
2: Yeah, and, I, and I think yeah, writing is a way of really tapping into some inner wisdom. I think writing down our goals or intentions or epiphanies or revelations can really shift us and our vibration very quickly in a really solid way. And wh- another thing that I really believe is writing things down. Is a way of giving roots to things that we hope for desire. Writing things down is our greatest predictor for success. So when people want to manifest something, I'll say, you know what? Why don't you write that down? And it gives those ethereal notions, roots, in physical world reality. Mm -hmm. And I think that's such a great place to start. And then as you write, you can start getting into the feeling state. And then when you start getting your conscious mind and your emotions on board, and especially if we can start engaging this subconscious mind, that is really a recipe for success.
1: Absolutely. And I think, you know, they write it down to people, um, you know, keep a gratitude journal, keep a journal of some sort, even if you put recipes in it, it's, it's, it's okay. Just so long as you're writing something down in my mind. um, And, and this is just my perception of it. The, the, if you have a thought, if you have a recognition and you thank the universe and, you know, I got it, thank you very much, I see the connection, and you don't cement it somehow within this physical reality, they don't have any way of knowing that you really did get it and that you're, you're focused on reinforcing it over and over and over again, you know, when, when, when teachers a long time ago well before my time, of course, wanted you to not talk in class, and you got caught talking in class. They had you write on the on the blackboard a hundred times. I will not speak in class, or I will not hit, you know, um, Lizzie, in, in class, or you know, y- you were writing things, and oftentimes this punishment is it's 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 um, it's it's over and over and over, and over again, and in many ways that is programming the mind. On a subtle level, to not do it again. Of course they that's do, true. but that's you know. That's true.
2: That's affirmation. Mm-hmm. Writing yeah. down affirmations. Mm-hmm. I think that that's that's actually accurate. Hadn't considered that, so, but I think you're right.
1: So, so you know, it's, it's sort of like that that's the simplest of, of, of affirmations. If, if you want to change and, you know, expand and whatever, and and you don't want to go the journal thing, you know, assign yourself a hundred times a day for a week and a half or two weeks or three weeks or whatever. And you'll find that, that what has a shift in you that, that didn't feel natural becomes natural. I, I, I spoke once with a, um, Spiritualist minister that I that I worked with, and, well, I studied with him for seven years, and you know, I said, "What do you do about people that you you genuinely don't like?" You know, I said, "You're all for love and brotherhood and all this crap, but you know, there are people out there that I don't like." And he said, "You know," he said, "I could give you a whole spiritual lecture or sermon on this," and I said, "You know, but keep it simple would be cool." And he said, "It's real easy. You fake it till you make it," and. <laughs> I I said
2: that. I agree.
1: And 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 it's true. If you if you genuinely don't feel I and I'm not saying you have to go up and and you know have lunch with these people, you know, once a week forever or anything like that, but but kindness, just simple kindness when you don't really feel it, um, you know, put out there on a regular basis does become sort of a habit. You you do reprogram yourself for it and
2: I think that's so uh, true.
1: And, 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 you and that opens doors that that takes you to another level inside. The, the, the el- element here of, of, gosh, manifesting love, that's something that everybody is trying to do. And not a lot of people are having luck. I mean, there are people that, that do find their true love first time round, and, and it's magical, and it's wonderful. And I'm really glad for them. They must have really worked hard in a past life. Right. Well, for the majority of us, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, lots of times, lots of times, um, relationships are, are to teach us something about ourselves. They aren't meant to be a forever. And I think that's so sometimes... true.
2: it's one of our biggest areas and opportunities for healing, growth, for cleaning up our karma. I say we incarnate for four reasons: to clean up our karma, to learn the lessons of love, which really needs to start and end with ourselves. Mm-hmm. To share our gifts and to have a good time. But it's, it's hard to have a good time if we haven't done some of the work with those first three steps. And sometimes we, we don't know what we don't know until, again, things come crashing down and you set different intentions. Because my intention was to find great love. And um, I was working from the outside in, and it seemed to be working okay, so I hadn't considered any other approach. And I think that's just human. That's kind of how we're wired uh, to navigate well, I- this planet.
1: You were fortunate in that you happened to be extraordinarily beautiful. Um.
2: <laughs> easy you easy know what for I, you?
1: I people <laughs> to go from the outside
2: in. <laughs> and, but you know what? It's so interesting, Barbara, because people have said that to me before, and I said, "You know what? I have learned beauty does not attract love. Beauty may attract attention, and it may attract predators, but it doesn't mm-hmm. necessarily make it any easier to attract authentic love. Because what we attract isn't what we think we want, we attract who we are. And I've seen something with a lot of the clients I work with, and I call it pretty girl syndrome, where they, they don't feel that great about themselves, but they know they can do their hair and their makeup and they can put on a push-up bra or a cute outfit, a mini skirt, and get a lot of attention. But it's sort of like if you take an empty box and you wrap it up with pretty ribbons and bows, but you don't feel like what's inside of this box is a gift. It's Uh very, um, it can end up being really surface. You know, I had this pattern of feeling really objectified in relationships. And when I, when I stumbled upon this path and started doing this work that we both do, I had to ask myself the question, well, if you feel objectified, how do you objectify yourself? And I had to admit that I, I had, I was, Uh I was objectifying myself. So we attract what we put out, we, we get I was oh sure um, yeah I was just playing kind of surface I was I was like a Barbie doll that was it's like well, if I weigh the right amount and if my hair is this and I look like that then I will attract love no not unless you know your love not unless you're residing in the place of love and and that, oh, yeah that's not where I was at it, and so it was definitely a process
1: well and and I I tell people all the time that you know you attract, you attract people um, you know according to who, what you think about yourself. And, and I, you know, I will admit that there was, there was a time in my life where I would say, my God, I must have a sign on my forehead. I just attract losers. And I (laughs) did. And (laughs) I mean, it was, it was like, Holy mackerel. I didn't know there were that many out. And it, it, it wasn't until I started to realize that I was advertising for it. I was putting it out there. I was saying that this is what I attract and that's what I attracted. And and so it it was a matter of having to go inside and at at some point in time later in life actually I I can remember standing in my garden saying looking around and saying you know what and I have been alone for like 13 years and and I said you know what universe <laughs> if this is what it is for the rest of my life I am content I am mm-hmm. blissful I'm just fine with it but but. If you want to send me somebody, they had better be spectacular, highly intelligent. And, you know, I gave a whole list and I said, if you can't deliver that, don't bother, you know, hit me next lifetime. I'm fine. I'm really very happy. And within a couple of months, um, and, and, I, and I was very specific. I said, I'm not going to go looking. They'll have to find me on my radio show while I'm, you know, in my computer room. I, you know, that's it. That's how it's got to happen. And, and I just, I let it go. And,
2: mm.
1: of course, in those 13 years, I was doing a lot of work on myself. <laughs> and um, uh, several months later, I was doing my a radio show on UFOs, and um, I had an author on, and somebody in the chat room kept saying, I'm an expert in the field, I'm a this and a that, and I kept, say, I kept writing back, good for you, but I have a guest. And the guest had to leave, and so I pulled this other guy on, who was actually an expert in the field. And he was in California, and after the show, he wrote me a letter and said, I'd really like to talk to you more. Here are my credentials. Here's my bio. Here's my this. Here's my that. I I decided he was in California. Even if he was an ax murderer, he couldn't get to me. And so we started talking. And within seven months, um, he had moved in here. And our very first date was me flying to San Francisco and him picking me up in his van with his three cats and driving 3,000 miles across the country. It's sort of like the universe heard me and said, she's much too happy and content. Let's just stir her world up a little bit. And we we, we often spoke that, that we were definitely cosmically um, manipulated for this whole thing. And we ended up getting married, and, and he did die a year and a half later. But my goodness, it was an amazing three years, and I, I absolutely, you know, am grateful for having had the experience. But, yeah. but it came at a time when I, when I valued myself enough to say, here, here, here's my shopping list. Don't, don't deviate, because I'll just say no, thanks.
2: Well, and you bring up such a great point, Barbara. It's like it, it really is. People have come to me, when will my beloved show up? When will my beloved show up? I said, when you don't care anymore, when you're dancing in your light and you're so happy with your own life that it, it, you're not, you don't have that attachment any longer. And I found that such, you know, whether we want to manifest a great job or a great relationship or whatever it is, to hold it lightly in our hands, to have a preference rather than an attachment. When we're soft with, but, you know, it, just like you did that, you, you get specific about what you want, but then you kind of surrender it. You yeah. hold it lightly in your hands and then it can show up because I feel like when we're attached and we're grabbing and it, it has to look a certain way, we're in kind of a fear based posture. And like the end of a magnet, that's going to push what you want away from you. But if you're mm-hmm. in that soft preference and clear about what you want and you're just relaxed and you're dancing in our own light, it's such an attractive and magnetic energy field that, that it can be drawn to you with a lot of grace and a lot of ease. And especially if you specify that that's how you want it to come into your life. So yeah. Good job. Exactly.
1: <laughs> well, it, but and and the other thing too that is so important when people get together um you have to hold on to your own dreams and continue to follow them. So so So, often, so
0: true.
1: It, I mean there it is I I have seen this happen over and over and over again when people get together one of the couple always says, well, I have to help them r- realize their dreams. So I'll put mine on hold. And the minute you do that, you start to dim the light that attracted them to you. And, so and true. then, su- then suddenly all of a sudden you are not th- th- that, well, that they were element. Attracted
2: to. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And, and it's gone. And you don't understand what happened. I sacrificed everything for you and here I am. and, so it's it's kind of like you have to make sure that your dreams are continued. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I hate to say it, but your dream can't be to be somebody's wife and mother and yada yada. It has to be what what in your life is important for you.
2: Yeah, what are you're your no longer goals? the center of your own experience, not on that solid ground within yourself. And I did the same thing, mm-hmm. Barbara. I gave myself up. I was with this man who was uh, very well established established in the industry, very well known, and I felt... After I got together with him, I felt a little silly going on my little auditions, and I, I gave up my dreams and just kind of ended up drafting behind him. And, and just like you'd mentioned, my, my wattage started to dial down, and I started to um, get sick. I mean, my life force was diminishing, and then he didn't find me all that attractive after a while. And I can't really say that I blame him for kind of replacing me with somebody to add more vibrancy and more life force and, and more joy. And I, I had to find myself again. Yeah, I, feel, I lost my way. And so you bring up a good point. Don't lose yourself in relationships. I think it's so important to have clear boundaries, to know who you oh, are, yeah. to like who you are, to stay in touch with um, what brings you joy, your creativity, and don't sacrifice or surrender yourself because it never works. No one can rescue <laughs> you and you can't rescue anyone. It's a, it's a recipe for disaster. Oh, absolutely.
1: But, you know, in our 20s, weren't we taught um i mean I'm older than you but i i i was taught you know you you yes you have a career and you you until you get married then of course you're you're a wife and a mother and that's your life and that's what i was taught and um it 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 took me um one marriage to discover that that was not the the way it was supposed to be. <laughs> mm. And, and, you know, it was, it was sort of like I got a son out of that marriage and he is, you know, the apple of my eye. He's of course, he's 50 years old now, so he's not a child any longer. Mm-hmm. But, but then a second marriage that, that was the same thing. He, he kept saying, you know, stop teaching, you're shoving us into the wrong um, tax bracket. And it was, no, no, this is my career. I hold on to this. And that helped to destroy that marriage because I wouldn't give up doing what I felt was my career. Mm-hmm. Turned out it wasn't my career, actually, but the, my career was more in the, in the metaphysical holistic world. And and that marriage, when that marriage ended, I felt like crap. And it was like, wait a minute, there's something wrong here. I was a good wife. I was a good mother and I was a good teacher but I felt empty and I wasn't fulfilled. And I, that was the point that I started to, to really look at this field. And, and, and I'm not saying everybody should be in this field full time at all, but I am saying that it should be a part of your life in getting to know yourself and, and, um, really coming to, to into contact with that higher consciousness that we all carry within. Mm, that's been uh,
2: um, Recipe for success myself is making that relationship, God as we know it, my priority, God as you know it, God as I know him to be my priority, Father, Mother, God, universe, you know, however you want to refer to it, and making that um, a priority. And and it was important to me when I was younger, but often when I would end up in a relationship, that would go into the backseat or maybe – on the outside of the car so yeah mm-hmm. to make that a number one priority and the other thing that i think has been so vital for me it's such an important piece of the puzzle is establishing a relationship with my inner child if i take care of my relationship with my inner child and my um, relationship with that something greater my life works as soon as i forget to take care of one of those two relationships it's not long before i'm off track and sideways and feeling a little disoriented and not very good so it's um it's simple work, but it's just a matter of remembering to do it and being very disciplined with it and really, really taking good care of ourselves in that regard.
1: Well, Now, you, you've you made a really good point, and you bring it out in your book. I, I have a really good friend who, you know, I mentioned her inner child, and she says if my inner child gets in the way, I tell her to shut up and, and you know, go sit in the corner. And I thought – That makes me sad. That makes me sad for her. <laughs> not smart, not smart. And, and so now that I've got you on the phone um, – so so how do people actually make a connection to that inner child? And it is important.
2: It's so important. And, you know, a lot of times when when we or anybody we see go out of proportion with their um, emotions about anything, there's a thread going back to an earlier time in our life. Most of us, I think, are walking around with a lot of very hurt aspects, a lot of um, parts of ourselves. Anytime we experience a betrayal or a drama or a trauma, when we're young or even when we're older, I mean our inner child could be you know when we got a divorce, you know when we were forty or fifty years old. it doesn't have to be just what happened to us when we were one or two or six. Um, something I like to do, I do have guided meditations about this, and it's a very it can be a very simple process. You can simply turn inward and say, "I'd like to extend an invitation." to the inner child in me, whatever age, whatever aspect that would most benefit from my current attention and affection right now. And I've been doing this work for a long time, and I've never had anybody say there's no one there. It might take a little bit for them to come into focus. Maybe they're hiding behind a tree because they don't trust us. Or Mm -hmm. um, maybe they just show up as kind of a, a light initially But if we sit with it and we just extend that invitation from our heart to the young one inside of us that would most benefit from our current love and attention right now, you can trust who shows up. And sometimes, you know, and it it can be different. There's no one way or right way with this work. I've had people say, you know, it looks like a little girl and she's, she's burnt. It's like she's got bandages on her and she's very sick and she's very thin. And I'm like, well, let's just, spend time with her and what, what can we do to nurture her or heal her? And often it's just just be with me, just be with me and talk to me or listen to me. Other times people will connect with um, what I refer to as the divine inner child, the inner child that's happy, healed, and whole despite everything that's happened to us. And that's always a gift. And we all have a divine inner child within us, whether they show up right away or it takes some work to find them. And that's the part of us that I feel is directly connected with our soul and source, knows our purpose, knows what brings us joy. That is um, such a blessing when we can connect or reconnect to that part of us where um, it's almost like to me, if we do this work long enough, our higher self and our inner child can kind of seem to merge. It's a part of us that is uh, sitting next to spirit that knows why we're here knows how to celebrate, well, yeah. knows what brings us joy. And once we tap into that and start living with that aspect, guiding us and leading us and holding our hands, life becomes an incredible celebration. This oh, is yeah. how we bring heaven to earth. And I'm sure you've heard the, the quote from the Bible, Barbara. If you want to get into the kingdom of heaven, be like little children. And to me, that's oh, yeah. what this is about. It's getting in touch with that divine inner child. Life is so joyful. Life is so blissful when we're back into that place of love.
1: Oh yeah. And and so often, um, so often things that have happened as a child so influence even without our recognizing it initially, they they influence our our adult life to an
2: extreme. Sure. Yeah. And our foundation that we're building our adult life on is what happened to us as kids.
1: Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, going back and understanding that and and sort of patching it up, you know, as best you can. And uh, the other part, too, is that that inner child, that celebration, that that just that joie de vie that children have is something that we should all be experiencing as an adult. I mean, I'm I'm really fortunate. I never my inner child never went inner and you know, so that so that I am, I'm very easily amused <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and it, but you know, it, it really, when I think of my childhood and I, my parents got divorced when I was quite young and beca- and my father was, I would say emotionally unavailable. And if I look at the, the people in my life that for the longest time I attracted to me, um, especially the men they were all absolutely every single one of them emotionally unavailable to me I was repeating a pattern over and over and over and over again Mm -hmm. and it wasn't you you know it and and you know when you when you recognize that I know a lot of people will say I don't understand it I keep getting the same kind of person you know constantly and and it's like well tell me a little bit about your past. Tell me about your family. Tell me about what it was like, you know, when you were very, very little. And once you, once you, once you recognize a pattern, you have the power to change it. Um, I tell people all the time and I truly believe it. We, we, we um, create our reality by our perspective of it. And if Mm -hmm. our perspective is I'm going to attract the same kind of person that, you know, the same kind of pattern then you do that. If, if you don't love yourself, then you will attract people that aren't going to love you. I mean, if you, you know, you want a certain kind of person in your life, I tell everybody become the person you want to attract, you know, not, don't take the extreme. And, and, and (laughs) it's just kind of like, be solid, be sturdy, be, you know, and, and I will admit that, that I have had, some major lessons handed to me by by people that I thought I was in relationships with, and and I do treasure the the lessons they taught me. I have not written thank you notes, but I do treasure <laughs> the. I treasure the. I, I'm I'm you know next lifetime I'll maybe be evolved enough to do that, but you know it it is just. If if people are teaching you lessons and you recognize the lesson, then you can do something about changing, attracting something else into your life. And Tammy gives you all sorts of amazing, amazing ways and examples and, and questions you can ask yourself and, and you know, on and on and on. Your book is really fascinating. And anybody, I mean, I read through it. I have to admit I didn't work through all of the different exercises, but um, – but they're valuable step by step by steps. And, you know, if you'd, if, if you'd rather pay for a shrink for a long time, go ahead. Mm-hmm. But this, I mean, frankly, I'd rather read the book and apply the, apply the techniques that you've got here because they do help people to understand themselves much more deeply and, and much better than, um, frankly, regular counseling. Um, one of, one of the things you're certified in, which, which fascinates me, um, because I paint mandalas or, or did, (laughs) what is a mandala facilitator?
2: Mandala facilitator. I, I support people in midwiving their mandalas. I support them in creating, um, heart work. Um, and I, I stumbled upon the mandala when I was getting my degree in spiritual psychology years ago and um they had us watch a video about what a mandala is and we sat on the floor and we drew mandalas and it was the happiest i ever remembered being i'd been on a lot of different types of um antidepressants and such trying to alleviate my angst and nothing worked when i was coloring my first mandala i was like i feel like my soul is humming this is like what i've been searching for the peace and the relief and um after we were Every day when we would have to stop, I would get so frustrated because I just wanted to keep going. So after class was over, I ended up buying a lot of art supplies and would spend hours creating these mandalas. And I thought, this is a colossal waste of time, but at least I'm not doing anything destructive. And (laughs) so um, I'm not shopping. I'm not spending a lot of money. I'm not doing something that's not good for me. And uh, it was kind of funny because a friend of mine had seen my drawings and went, oh, my God, those are amazing. We have to do an art show. You have to start painting these. We have to do an art show. And I was scared to death. But because she said so, I I did it. And mm-hmm. um, one of the mandalas, the, the, the most, I think, powerful thing about the mandala is the intention. Creating that intention or claiming that intention prior to getting started. And, and getting started can be simply like, okay, my intention is to manifest prosperity. And then close mm-hmm. your eyes and say, you know, you can say it's your heart or your higher self or even your subconscious mind whatever resonates for you, please reveal to me the perfect healing symbol for prosperity. And what I saw clearly in my mind's eye was the same image that's on my manifesting prosperity from the inside out book. And so I drew it and my girlfriend's like, that's amazing. I love that. So I ended up painting that and I sold it at this art, um, this art show that we did for $2,500. And I was astonished. And, and the Mandala can, continues to astonish me it's like i I ended up working with a a man uh paul Husenstamm, who's i would think the preeminent authority alive right now in regards to painting mandalas he's an amazing amazing friend and teacher of mine and he taught me how to teach i was i was painting them myself and it would sometimes take me four to six weeks to do one painting but i started studying Mm -hmm. with him and then learned how to teach others so what used to take me months um, I can help people create in a day or two days. And um, it's, it's an incredible process, and it's so revealing. Um, everything we need to learn, we can learn through creating mandalas. The spiritual path disguised as art, and it can also be called a painted prayer. Carl, uh-huh. you loved the mandala. And when he transitioned when he was in his 80s, he stumbled upon them when he was in his 30s. He had said um, the year before he died, the mandala was the most powerful healing tool that he had encountered in his lifetime. He called it the archetype of wholeness. And simply by virtue of creating them, we heal. And you yeah. don't even know, have to know why or how you create them, you're going to heal. You're going to call all parts of yourself home. And I think when we become whole, when we become congruent in body, mind, and spirit, when the inner child's um, on our lap and we're connected to something greater, this really is how we manifest with grace and ease and that's how we attract synchronicity and divine support. So the mandala is definitely a really huge and important and fun piece of the puzzle for me as far as healing and, um, expanding my consciousness.
1: Oh yeah. I, I know when, um, when I suggest people uh, to some people, you know, maybe some meditation would be a good idea. And it's not, Oh, I can't do meditation. I said, well, I tell you what, just, just, um, Google Mandela's for coloring, print them out, and spend half an hour to an hour a day coloring. And they look at me like I'm crazy. And, and I've been telling people this for 30 years. And <laughs> re- recently they've come out with these studies that coloring is, is a form of meditation. It takes you into the alpha-theta state. And, and it's like, well, where was this study when I was really needing it to tell people? <laughs> because You were telling um, them
2: you were telling them maybe they did it and decided to do studies
1: (laughs) yeah it was just um i started i told you i was in a spiritual development class oh in the 70s early 80s and um one of the homework assigned was to was to do a mandela for somebody in the group and i and i did Mm. and i've always liked i'm not an artist but i've always enjoyed you know playing at being an artist and um it came out so well others asked for one And before I knew it I was In the business of painting personal Mandelas and there are Over 500 of them all over the
2: world Wow that's amazing
1: And, and you know I don't I don't do them anymore I did the, uh, You know they evolved into the deck of cards And and once the deck of cards Was published and out there I you know I haven't stopped But um, I kind of just thought okay this This was this was the whole process was to get that deck of cards out there, and once the deck of cards is out there then then I can go on to other things and and right. while i and and so you know it was somebody said, "Aren't you sad you're not doing them anymore and i said no, i just I did a lot of them <laughs> and um but but the mandelas have always for me been a symbol of wholeness and totality and and peacefulness and tranquillity and drawing them and painting them was probably I think especially with the deck of cards, it took me nine months and it was I never I, I was on a constant high. Mm. It was just it was just such a blissful place to be. Mm. So I would you know, I would imagine guiding people through doing their own same thing. You know, you 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 do get so so Encaptured and enraptured by the whole process That you, you there a, There's a sense of beauty there And peacefulness that is just absolutely magical And oh, uh, yeah,
2: it's so interesting People really reveal themselves through the process So if somebody's really hard on themselves They're going to be hard on themselves as they create the mandala So it's interesting mm-hmm. just watching people As they go through their creative process And it tells me it's so revealing About how they are in relationship with themselves and uh it's uh it's 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 an interesting process i did a class recently and i had one girl that was just blissed out and having a great time and another one that was just utterly tortured through the entire thing and left her painting there hasn't come back to finish it and all she has to do is put some bling on it like she's a beautiful girl but you know she's really struggling in her life despite any false masks she's portraying because Mm
1: -hmm. it's
2: just so tough on ourselves and so it's a, it's a glimpse into how we are in life and it really can teach us to lighten up on ourselves and enjoy the journey a little bit more i I, I learned so much by creating mandalas and uh, they,
1: yeah they they are phenomenal
2: they are and um, a lot of times what happens this is something that happens pretty consistently in my classes when people finish them and maybe they 've been harder than themselves through the process. Maybe they didn't enjoy the process. Maybe they're saying they hate it. But then when I pick it up and put a frame on it and stand back and they see it, oftentimes they're brought to tears. And uh, often they will say, I can't believe I did that because it's so beautiful. I can't believe I did that. And I said, you didn't. The universe did it through you. It was a collaboration. And it's a way I really learned to collaborative process, that connection to the divine. It's like when I get stuck and I don't know what I'm going to do next and what color to choose or I'm Frustrated with the way, the way things are looking, stop, take a moment, close your eyes, take a deep breath, settle into your heart, relax, mm-hmm. breathe, and ask for the wisdom within or the universe to reveal your next steps or what is it I need to hear right now? How can I receive the support that's here for me right now? And um, instead of like pushing through and choking things down and, and fighting what is, I've learned to be more gentle with myself through the process, which I've been able to apply to my life. And uh, it's, it's a much um, more beautiful way to co-create. It's a much more beautiful way to live. I used to go through these torturous experiences, birthing these mandalas. And my husband's like, oh, you're just in phase two. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Because you <laughs> always start with such enthusiasm and excitement. And then you get stuck and you hate it and you hate yourself and you want to stab it. And, you know, you get really depressed. But then when you push through, you finally get to the place of appreciating it again. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I have phase two days in my life. I had a phase two year. <laughs> <laughs> so the Manila well, taught me when I'm in hell, just what is it I can appreciate? What is it I can enjoy, even though I'm not liking what I'm creating? Well, I like the feeling of the paintbrush, and I like the feeling of the paint on the canvas, and I do that in my life now. I'm, I'm not having a good time, but what can I focus on that I appreciate? What am I grateful for? And how can I bring myself back to the present moment so that I can navigate through this bumpy terrain with a little bit more sweetness and gentleness and kindness? And I rarely have phase twos in my mandala painting now or in my life because I know if even if something's not pretty or doesn't, you know, things aren't looking the way I want them to. Um, it's mm-hmm. temporary. My teachers would oh, say it's yeah. how we are through the process that's the most important part of the process. It's not out there. It's being here. And can you be mm-hmm. kind and gentle and loving with yourself at all times? The more I do that, the better life works.
1: Oh, absolutely. I know that uh, there, there are moments when we're meant to set other and it's it's kind of like I have come to the a time in my life where if things aren't really moving and and I feel like you know geez I'm I'm spinning my wheels here something's something's wrong it's it's kind of like okay it's time for me to practice patience and get myself back back to center and somebody said to me once you know well you've been sort of in limbo now for a while, what are you doing? And I said, I'm waiting for the universe to let me know which way to go. And, you know, they, they looked at me like, you know, are you serious? And I said, well, look, I'm not going to get, um, I'm not going to get, a, a, you know, a telegram, but I said, I will get a call. And they looked at me like I was absolutely crazy. And I said, I will get a call. I, I have a calling it's not a wrong number. I'm pretty sure of that. So, <laughs> That's so great. well, well, you know, there are times when, especially in this field, I think you wanna you wanna double check, triple check, and quadruple check, just to no, make I sure you're. You know yes. your ego isn't going off half half cocked um, yes. people told me for the longest time you know I was teaching, and I had two masters and i was I'd been teaching for a long time, so I was up there and um when when it started to look as though the spiritual realm was definitely an area that I was supposed to be in, people would say "You should be in this field full time and I said, no, no, um I'm a single parent, and um I have great you know, credentials and stuff like that, and the paycheck is good, and I have a son to put through college, but when I retire, I'll do this full-time. And I kept saying, you know, I can't let go of this because I need the financial security, but, but when I retire, I will do it full-time. I said, and, and this is a good lesson for people to be, be careful what you say. Um, I had a car accident. And I was, I had vertigo and, and a couple of other things. So I I was out of work for, um, a year and a half. And, um, my mother said to me, well, you know, you have the readings, you could do the readings. And I said, no, if the universe wants me to do the readings full time, the universe is going to provide. And so the bills mounted and, you know, son in college and, um, my mother said, you know, I can give you a roof and I can give you food, but I can't pay your bills. And I said, neither can I. And uh, so they mounted and, and somebody said to me, well, don't you have disability insurance? And I said, I only paid, you know, one payment. I'm pretty sure it doesn't count. And it turned out it did. And um, I filed the paperwork and, and uh, they made it retro- retroactive to the day of the accident. And I got a check for about $5,000 and that helped tremendously. And um than regular payments coming in. And, and my mother said, okay, now are you going back to work? And I said, <laughs> no, I, this check doesn't come close to what my paycheck was. Give me a break. And and so a couple months later, the bills were again, ray, way up there. And somebody said, you know, you really ought to apply for SSI. And I said, no, I, I I have a job. I just can't do it right now. And they said, no, that's what SSI is for. And so I went down and applied, and the woman said, well, you know, you're usually turned down two or three times, and it may take a couple, a year or so. And I said, I'm just making everybody happy here. I understand all that. And I filled all the paperwork out. Three weeks later, I was approved. And I got a check that was retroactive. It was another $5,000 check. And between the two checks, um, you know, my mother said, okay, so you're, you're going to actually do readings now? And I said, no, this doesn't come close. Um, a couple more months, more bills. Um, and I was forced into early retirement. I was in my 40s, and you know, that's too young to get anything, you know. But, but, um, they started my pension and, um, retroactive to the car accident, another five thousand dollar check. And, and when I looked at the three checks that came in, um, I was. Sitting in the kitchen with my mother and she said See all this gray hair and I said you can't Fool me mom you had that to start with And you know <laughs> she said But it's going to be white and I Took the three checks and I laid them out on the, on the countertop and the three checks Added together Equaled to the dollar My last paycheck Wow. And I looked at my mother and I said Now I know the universe wants Me to do this work full time and I will Plow in and that's exactly what I did
2: Wow yeah, that divine but it was, support. Mhm. But it
1: but it was waiting and it wasn't it wasn't so much it, it was that I didn't want to do anything that was my ego saying, you know, oh, you're great at this and you're wonderful at this. And I wanted I wanted to really know that I was going to make a difference and
2: mm-hmm.
1: that was decades and decades ago. And I love um, that. you know, the universe continues to surprise me every day and and it's you know, I, I'm working, I'm working on the whole process always, but, mm-hmm. but, you know, when I come to one of those brick walls or, or I get one of those two by fours in the face, like, are you paying attention? It's like, well, I may have not been, but I am now, I guarantee you. <laughs> um, I think that's what everybody gets in their life. And, and because I, I mean, I was blessed with a car accident. I was blessed with vertigo. I was, you know, I've I've been blessed all over the place. I've been very very fortunate, but but it's always been a struggle. It's always been you know, is this ego or is this spirit? And I think that's Mm -hmm. something all of us struggle with. And and when people say to me, I've done all the work I need to do. I'm perfect. And it's like Mm -hmm. you know, oh, you're an ascended
2: master. That's awesome.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I know, you yeah, It's kind of like you know. I hate to break this to you, but if you were perfect, you would not be here.
2: That was very true. There's always going to be something else to learn. It's good not to uh, put a lid on that. To keep our hands open, to keep that cup empty, so that we can continue to receive and learn and grow. And I, I love this saying: God throws pebble, stones, bricks, and then you get a brick wall. And I've <laughs> I've received a few of those myself. I think most people can relate. But um, I think what you're saying is so important and so helpful in my life to be discerning, um, to not rely on one's own understanding. Don't think, Oh, well, this is a good idea. I'll do this. That's generally the ego you want to mm-hmm. get in touch with that still small voice within and be prompted from, from that place. And then I do look for the God winks in my life and the breadcrumbs. And, you know, I, I did the same thing, Barbara years ago. I thought, I'm going to do some great work. I'm going to go down to L.A. and I'm going to work with prisoners and I'm going to do grief counseling. I'm going to be on the front lines and I'm doing great work. And uh, I ended up getting in a car accident. And I had some time (laughs) to think about what was that? I was doing good work. I was being of service. I'm doing God's work. And then I realized I was relying on my own understanding. It seemed like a good idea. And I Mm -hmm. spread myself too thin. And I was yanked back on that from that, uh, that leash that was kind of pulling me out of my center, got on my knees. And I made a commitment that I would never ever get out of my bed in the morning until I really committed myself to spirit. I do a six step morning process that I have done every day ever since. And it really does keep me in the eye of the storm. It keeps me on my knees, it keeps me humble, it keeps me aligned. And it seemed, you know, my, my ego thought those things were a good idea, but my soul had other plans and I really don't shoot on myself anymore. I don't navigate from the mind anymore. I really want to listen to my heart and soul and spirit. And, um, like you, sometimes it's like, well, not much is happening right now. And what I got that I loved, it wasn't just, Mm -hmm. I used to think it would be patient and faithful, but what I heard with this last round was like, well, if nothing's going on, maybe you're just supposed to be relaxing. I was like, wow, yes. I like that. <laughs> if nothing's going on, maybe go ride your horse or paint a picture or do something fun and creative. So I kind of like those lulls in my reality now because it's time, to, it's time for me to rest. I could take a nap. I can be creative. My inner child gets to have a play date with a friend uh-huh. or with God. And I'm so grateful for those, those seasons of, of silence or peace. So, yeah, it's been yeah, wonderful. Yeah. It's a blessing when we can reframe that.
1: It, it, it really is. And, and, you know, sometimes, and everyone, is, we're human. We're down here because we're human. We're a spirit in a human body. Yes. We're, we're, we're a spirit on a human trip, not, not a human on a spiritual trip. And, right. and I think the thing that, 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 you know, the, the, I, I wrestle with ego constantly because I, I really don't want it to be out there. You know, I don't want it, steering the ship because for sure we'll hit a reef and and i i can remember there was a time where um when the cards came out the, the publisher took me to the ABA in in anaheim and um i had somebody ask me if i wanted to if i ever worked in a um in a in a bookstore and and you know my theory is if if somebody offers me something or asks me something unless it's against the law i say of course and <laughs> So, so once I did that here and there, I thought, this is wonderful. This is what the universe wants me to do. See, see, here's where this, the bell should have been ringing off the hook and I, they probably were and I wasn't listening. So I spent a fortune putting together presentation books, making, making contacts with bookstores all over the country, calling them, asking them if they'd like to see the presentation book and what I could do at the store and the kind of material I would present and do. And, you know, all of that stuff. And the presentation books probably cost me a hundred dollars a piece to put together. And I, I put together 50 and I, I sent them after talking to the store owners and saying they said, yes, they would like to see it. I mailed them the presentation books with a self-addressed stamped envelope to mail it back. Do you want to you guess at how many bookings I got and how many of the books I got back?
2: Yeah, I kind of have an idea, but why don't you tell me? None. No.
1: Not a one. And it was like, huh. And when I stood back, I realized... It was, I think I know where I'm supposed to go, I'll steer steer from here, you know, and and it was almost like sometimes I envision my my guys and stuff as as in a boardroom, and sometimes when I hear laughter, I know I have stepped in something, or if I take off in a direction like that one, I hear a door slam and I know they've all gone out to play golf. And they'll be back to help me pick up the the pieces because I am going to hit something big time.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: so it's, it's it's there's a constant, you know. Sometimes they say, you know, you do when you're out, when you're out shopping and you're tight on money. It says, do I want this or do I need this? In 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 my mind, if if something comes up, is this ego or is this spirit? Mm-hmm. And and it's it's. It's, you know, you have to be so brutally honest that, that you know, it's, it's like, oh, I really want to do it, but I don't really think that's the direction. I was. If you're supposed right. to do something and you think it's your ego and you back up, it will come back again to you. You can't get rid of where spirit wants you to go.
2: That's so true. And it really is about being discerning about what we say yes to. And that's what got me in trouble with a car accident. I was saying yes to things that were showing up because I thought, well, if it's showing up, it must be what God wants me to do. But I didn't take that quiet time. I didn't turn inward and sit with it. And I think our bodies can be very telling. I think probably when I was approached with this and I I was told about it, I probably had some like energy in my body. And sometimes that energy, and this is where discernment comes in, is that energy a constricting energy or an expansive energy? And is this, uh, does it feel good? Is it a pit in your stomach or does it feel like a deep breath? And, um, I, I shoved through, I'm like, I have a good work ethic. I can do this. And I shoved through, but I've I've done enough work that I don't have to choke things down that I don't want to do. I don't have to do things that don't fit or resonate. Um, I think it's, it's vital to really check in with ourselves and spend some time with things. I used to do this knee jerk. Yes. To everything like you, Barbara, I don't do that anymore. It's like, let me see. Um, let me sit with it. Let me, see how I feel about this as I check in with my heart, my body. And um, I love, I love, love, love this quote. If God is your co-pilot, switch seats. So (laughs) I definitely want God in the driver's seat of my life. I do not want the steering wheel. I do not want to rely on my own understanding. It's got an understanding. It's gotten me in trouble repeatedly. And so as long as I stay on my knees and in the passenger seat, (laughs) Uh I can observe the scenery I can navigate from a place of joy and connection and the synchronicity that shows up, the grace, the ease, the support that shows up. It's definitely a preferred way of being from my perspective.
1: Oh, absolutely. And what, what I find is that, that while well my perspective, you know, I, I, I have a good one, I think, but it's not as broad or as expansive or have the potential that what, what spirit can have in mind, spirit sees over the horizon Mm -hmm. and beyond the clouds and my eyes don't go that far. And, you know, there, there are moments where, like I said, when, when, when I'm offered something, um, if it's, if it's not against the law or my moral values, I always say yes, because um, you know, it puts me in positions that, that, you know, I, I never would have, Looked for Uh, somebody. They called me. A bunch of people called me a long time ago and said, "Do you ever speak at ladies' luncheons?" And I said, "Sure." And now I have lunch, and I have lunch with ladies, and I speak. So technically, I was not lying. And they they booked me. They they booked me for this luncheon that these ladies were having at this really exclusive. golf club and and they said you know and the person who booked me said now look their attention span isn't all that great and and you know so you only have to talk for maybe i I was ready to talk for a couple of hours and you know do some demonstrations and explain stuff and and so i said okay you know and and she said 15 minutes 20 minutes tops wow and and i (laughs) said okay and and she said, and what are you charging now? I would have flipped something out, you know. Just and I, but but something told me to to just wait a minute. And I said, what did last year's speaker get? And she said five hundred dollars. I said that'll be fine. You <laughs> so know, I figured free lunch, fifteen minutes from my house, fifteen twenty minutes talk top. Yeah, I can do this. But yes, but it was yeah. you know, it was kind of like. I never would have gone out looking for that. I mean, I have had things come to me, literally come to me, and, and the, that I wouldn't have even considered, and yet they, there they were. So, so if, you, if, you, if you stop trying to manipulate where you're going and concentrate on putting value and worth in the moment, you attract to yourself magic. Mm -hmm. And 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 it it just it does come to you when when I stopped doing um, readings on my on on this radio show and just just decided that I was going to interview authors who wrote phenomenal books that I that I would read. Because that to me would be, you know, I mean, that's just so laughable. It's it's I love reading and you know i thought well okay i know a couple of authors that i can talk into you know letting me read their books and stuff but i have no idea where we're going to go from there and i'm booked all the way into may and these are authors that 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 came to me that i didn't have to go and and you came to me you were a suggestion from from a mutual friend
2: Hello, and yes.
1: it it just it it's amazing how things work if you get out of the way.
2: Mm, I love what you're saying and I found it works really well for me too barbara it's like instead of forcing pushing pressing being ambitious and chasing i like to relax i like to um live more from that place of grace and gentleness and and I think for some people, that more um, aggressive or ambitious way of being may work for them. And, you know, I think it's a more masculine approach. And what I know about me and suspect about you is that we tend to be more um, feminine based. And that's how I personally like to live. It's, this is how I like to manifest. I like to take responsibility for my inner reality. And then my outer reality shifts around that. And I do feel like, and that's one of my fun, favorite affirmations. I am a magnet for magic, miracles, and money. I'm a magnet for magic, miracles, and money. And I've shared that with people, and they often come back to me with stories that are pretty remarkable, pretty magical. They're like, you're not going to believe this, Tammy. And I'm like, try me. I probably will. (laughs) Oh, no, that's
1: that's that's pretty
2: cool like that.
1: (laughs) That that is on the front page of my computer. Is that right? that's what I see. That's what I see every morning when I start and every time I, I open this computer up, I am a magnet for magic miracles and money. Yes, In a way. and, and it, God wink. I love it. Absolutely. And you know, from, it's funny though, I have stopped, you know, advertising readings or soliciting them or whatever, since I've been doing that, I've had people calling me from out of the blue for readings mm-hmm. and, and, and I'm not looking for them. I mean, I, I do them and I love them, but I, I'm, My website is only a teaching site. This radio show is only a teaching site so that there's there's none of the, you know, Uh, I I, mm -hmm. yeah, I listened to somebody's interview um, with one of the authors that I was going to be doing uh, a show with. And that person spent the first 20 minutes of her show um, talking about getting readings and counseling and this and that and from from people and how to connect with her. And, and I mean, it's, it, it was this lady's show and she fully, you know, go, go for it. But it was like, Holy mackerel, don't you have a guest? And, you know, it, it was kind of like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to be
2: that person. Well, it feels a little it's, bit grabby. It feels like a little bit more of a fear-based approach. And um, I think, you know, money is one of the more interesting tools this planet has in regards to um, teaching us and creating bad karma and and challenging karma for ourselves. If we make money our higher power, if if money is more important than, than integrity and God and love to us, we're probably going to go off track and create some messy things that we're going to have to come clean up. And I think I've been cleaning up a lot of that in this lifetime. <laughs>
1: yeah, I've been I've been decluttering myself as well. Yeah, and,
2: decluttering, and that's the word for it.
1: Y- you make you make a good point because um sometimes we gather stuff around us because it gives us security and you know the reality is it's stuff. And and we need to really have that that the worth is inside and the connection with spirit is inside. And when that happens, stuff comes to you for sure it's,
2: i say go for god and all things will be added unto thee and the more i live that the more it continues to expand it's it's a pretty remarkable posture and i've tried a lot of other approaches i found that this one is the most um comfortable most uh,
1: effective
2: mm-hmm. and uh the other thing i really believe is like two of the primary areas that we have to learn our tools or learn our lessons here on planet Earth, the tools of our love and relationship, prosperity and money. And if you yeah. dig beneath both of them, it all comes down to the basic same principles. It's like if we know ourselves as worthy, valuable, precious beings, if we're relaxed in that posture, what is ours by divine right can show up with a lot of mm-hmm. um, gracie support, divine synchronicity. It's an amazing way of navigating. You know, if we have um, unprocessed shame, Or things that we feel guilty about, and we're trying to wear a false mask, and then from that posture try to to get and manifest and prove it's rarely effective. And even if it is, the prosperity or the relationship will not be sustainable and it will not be fulfilling.
1: No, that's true. And, And you can't, you know, you can BS probably everybody except the universe.
2: And... Yeah, he can kind of see through that. You brought that up yeah. earlier and I love it. God has a much higher vision and perspective than we could possibly comprehend from our limited earthly experience. And um mm-hmm. that's why I I have a, something that I love to work with, my God box. And anytime I think I know what I want, I'll put it, I'll write it down, I'll claim it, I put it in the God box and I surrender it. And I say, God, You know better than I do if this is something that's good for me or the highest good for me or all concerned. And so I'm going to relax, and you please reveal to me the red flags or green lights. I want to go the direction of green lights. And I also have um, something called the Sovereignty Prayer that I have on my uh, website. And it's a meditation that I wrote or prayer that I wrote for myself. And when I shared it with my students, they're like, could you please put that to music and share that with (laughs) us? And it really is just saying, God, you know me better than I know myself. You know, every hair on my head, they're counted. You know, my gifts, talents, propensities, you know, my heart, my soul, you know, my contracts, my spiritual contracts better than I do. And in this moment, I'm just going to relax and trust that you have got this. And I'm just going to keep my eyes open. And I am looking for the synchronicity and the green light. I'm looking for the beauty and the joy and uh, it, it can take a while to get to the place of really trusting the process and having faith that this work works. But the more we do it, the more I have found life shows up in a really incredible way. And, and I do oh, yeah. feel like most days I'm pretty blissed out and blessed and, and live in heaven on earth.
1: No, it is. It, it magic happens. It really mm-hmm. does. Magic and, and, happens. um, but, but, you know, it, it's, I think the, the other thing that, that I really um, I want people to understand is if you're in, involved in spirituality, if you're involved in, in and, and to me, spirituality is not the philosophy, but living the philosophy. That's mm-hmm. when you're on the spiritual pathway. Mm-hmm. And, and so many people, um, I often say you can be a parrot or a prophet. If you memorize stuff and quote it back to people, verbatim without really understanding the depth and perception that goes into it, then you're a parrot. But if you take it into yourself, if you make it your own, if you live it and manifest it, then you're the prophet. And, and it's sort of like, it's so important that, that you be genuine. And so often people say they are something, but they genuinely don't believe it. And so that means that they're not. And and it's it's if things don't work and you think you are genuine, you have to go back and you have to, you know, check all the connections to make sure they're all there. And, you know, you may have crossed wires someplace or, you know, there there has to be a reason things don't work, because if you're genuine and if you're sincere and if you have integrity, then things should flow the way that you're supposed to be. And maybe you maybe you're just looking in the wrong direction. Maybe there's another direction you're supposed to go um there you know i i know people that i have a good friend who um who uh is trying to get pregnant and she's 47 and you know she has to do in vitro and she has to do this and she has to do that and and you know i said to her you know do you think that maybe spirit has other things in mind for you maybe there's another direction i mean i'm i'm not saying don't do this for god's sakes absolutely try everything because you have to but but there may be Something out there that is even more of a of an experience than, than what you feel motherhood would be.
2: Right, right.
1: And I think and that that's uh,
2: true. And how did she respond?
1: She wasn't thrilled.
2: <laughs> yeah, because she has an attachment, and I would I, I would say yeah. put it in the God box and let God decide. And yeah. Just, um, no. Enjoy your connection. Yeah, because sometimes those stumbling blocks, what we perceive as a brick wall or a stumbling block, is really there just to redirect us. You know, we think we know what we want. I thought I knew what I wanted, and I got what I thought I wanted, and it wasn't tasty. It wasn't delicious. It was not not wonderful, I have to say. I mean, moments were wonderful, but the overall experience wasn't that wonderful. And I surrendered and was redirected. And, you know, everything I thought that I wanted, you know, being in Los Angeles, being on the red carpets, being involved with all these, you know, high-profile humans – I thought the experiences would be like, this is so fun. This is such a celebration. This is an amazing, wonderful experience. This is a heaven on earth experience. But as I stepped into that arena, that wasn't how I felt. That wasn't my perception of the experience. As I surrendered and said, God, you decide, I do feel like that. I live in this amazing community with some amazing human beings. And when we get together, which is, frequently for for holidays or birthdays or Halloween or Christmas we're all dressed up we go to our little red carpet events in Boise Idaho and it is so celebratory and we all lift each other up there is no competition it's just incredible joy and uh, I have the connection with the horses I paint I create I celebrate I I lift other people up and I I am living my version of heaven on earth but, you know, I don't think we can consciously know it really does take that uh, partnership and collaboration with that something greater to find yeah, and on the planet. And,
1: you know, I, I a lot of people I know use um, they do through consciousness writing and they say they channel and and often, you know, when I read what they've written, sometimes it's beautiful. But I, I think the one thing that I try to put across to people is that that. True true channeled material, true channeled material will never tell you personally what to do. It will give Mm -hmm. you philosophy. If Mm -hmm. if you get something like thou child of light, thou thou star of the universe, you know, you should be going this direction, taking this course or doing this or stop you know, or not 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 being involved with so and so. That's your ego, you know, pretending to be your your higher Mm -hmm. consciousness. And, and, and it's, it's kind of like the the spirit within will give you a philosophy for, through which you can make an informed choice or decision. We have free will Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and, but, but it will never tell you, you know, yes or no, because that's, that's not, not its purpose. It's here to learn through your experiences. And, um, the 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 one the one thing that that I tell everybody and and it's funny because if you play with it you'll you'll find it's absolutely true your higher consciousness will never let you picture yourself doing something that's inappropriate for your pathway now you may be able to picture yourself robbing a bank but if you look at your face as you're robbing the bank you'll see you're not happy mm-hmm. unless of course you're a bank robber and then of course the whole the whole thing goes falls apart but but it, it, it works for haircuts It works for just about anything I, At one point in time in my life I thought I would like to be an astronaut Even though you know, I, I get claustrophobic But I figured I could handle that And I could picture myself In the spacesuit. I could picture myself in the capsule I could picture myself going through liftoff And I was okay I was confined, I felt protected I was fine And then I threw up And you, if you throw up in one of those spacesuits You're living in it and I yeah. decided that, that, that must that was my mind how you want to live. <laughs> yeah, and, and so I just I took that off of my bucket list. <laughs> but <laughs> but but you know, if you're trying to make a choice or decision in life, if you can picture yourself joyfully doing whatever it is you think, that's most probably a good direction
2: for you to go. Joy. I am in complete agreement. You know, I'd hired a publicist at one point thinking, I'd really like to get my books out there and help as many people as I can, like themselves, love themselves, line up with their soul self. And and it, um, it wasn't really all that effective. And then I finally said, God, I did my sovereignty prayer. You know better than I do what my highest good is. And so for now, I'm going to relax and enjoy the journey. And I started yeah. taking more horseback riding lessons. I started getting really creative projects that were, completely not on my conscious radar and I really do f- believe for me creativity is my lifeline to the creator so I started making mm-hmm. candles I started making journals I'm doing more mandalas I'm riding horses and I am pretty blissed out and I'm like hmm, don't know if I'm making a big impact on the world right now <laughs> but um, more and more clients are showing up you know and and like Tamu had put me in touch with you things are happening but I'm not efforting I feel like I'm well, being, and then things show up, opportunities show up, and I don't feel like I'm doing a lot of heavy lifting. And, and you know, if you're familiar with David Hawkins' work, really the more peaceful and joyful we are, the brighter mm-hmm. our light is, and the more that can counterbalance the negativity in the world, which is far more effective than beating your head against the wall and, and doing good works from a really um, uncomfortable position. So I'm just experimenting with this and just having a lot of fun right now, and we'll see what happens next. Well, you know, I think you
1: did you, you, i I know you did the right thing. I mean, your books are great and and you put the right energy into them and it's sort of like you know you have to let go of them and let them fly yeah. and, and and they will they they will seek where they're most important, and you know that's you know they they will they will take care of the journey themselves um mm-hmm. I never um with a deck of cards i never did anything to promote them? Actually, I mean, I I went with the publisher to a couple of conventions, but and I kept telling him when when we went, I said, look, these cards are a sleeper. This was in the '90s, early '90s, and I said the deck is a sleeper. It it's not it's not it, the 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 universe or whatever isn't ready for them. And um we fast forward to oh, I don't know, about ten years ago and mm-hmm. he stopped he's he stopped publishing them and i got the copyrights back on them and the deck started to sell and mm-hmm. i mean yep. it's 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 just amazing people um people who want the deck have to search for it i and
2: have it <laughs> I, found I know
1: it. i was in I was impressed. I was very impressed because
2: <laughs> I love the mandala. Um, well, you were ahead of your time. The mandala is kind of starting to go mainstream now. So yeah, yeah. you know had a beat on this before the rest of us. So it's uh, well, it's a wonderful deck of cards. I love it. Good. Well, it was fun to do, and
1: and you know that's the bottom line. It was kind of like I thought standard tarot were were for me, kind of negative. There was only the Aquarian and the Rider Waite deck out when I did it. And, um, and, and it just, to me, you know, a death card and all this other stuff and, and come on, the gypsies took a deck of cards and created a a fortune telling tool out of it. And, and, um, it just, it, it just didn't resonate to me. And I thought, well, let me just recreate the whole thing, you know, being, being absolutely clueless as to standard tarot or anything like that. I just did what came and right. um, and it works. At least it works for me. And and I, I understand it works for other people too. And it's it's more of a tool for for self development rather than you know you can read with it. Of, of course you can read with it, but but it's more of a of an independent thing. As it's like you know what do I need to look at today? What what aspect in life should I pay attention to? What mm-hmm. cosmic law or universal energy is most at play within my life at this particular point in time? It's a it's a deck that teaches spirituality if you work with it that way. So
2: I love it. So well, it, I just have to tell you, Barbara, twice when we've been speaking on this call, I picked up your deck of cards, and both times I picked the same card. Oh, what you pick? <laughs> Universal balance. <laughs> it's not a, a good theory. one. It's a very good one. and It's and, pretty, you know, too. It's, I love the colors and the shape and, and balance. I think it's so key, you know, to stay balanced and to stay centered and aligned. And when we do that, life can flow. So I think that that's such an important point. And I I do love this deck. Where can people get it? Is it Amazon? That's where I got it. Um, yeah, you can go on Amazon.
1: You can go on eBay. You can go on ABE books they carry it it's out there you you have to search for it but it is it still wasn't out there. it was that
2: hard to and, find i got it on amazon pretty quickly yeah. pretty easily
1: um and it it's so it fun. Used to, you know a a year ago maybe 2 years ago you could pick it up at 6 dollars a deck um mm-hmm. not so not so the case now but but um they're still out there and the the publisher did offer to republish them, publish them for me but I had to order 3,000 decks, uh, $6 a deck. And I didn't happen to have $18,000, nor did I want to store that many decks of cards anywhere. Yeah, that's so, a big
2: commitment. Mm-hmm.
1: So my, my feeling is, you know what? The harder it is for someone to find, the more they have to want it. So
2: <laughs> That is a good point. <laughs>
1: and, and anybody, the, the pictures are out there. You can, you can print them out and make your own deck as far as that goes. So, you know, somebody wants it that much, they'll do it. Now, I I recommend people read the Manifesting Love book first
2: because mm-hmm. I would agree to my,
1: to my mind, understanding yourself and coming into a, a, a good relationship with yourself and getting yourself balanced and and understanding that that that. What you think about yourself is what you're radiating and projecting, and you're, that's yes. what you're going to attract. Yes. So, so it, it just it makes great sense to to get a handle on all of that material before you go into manifesting prosperity. Now, a lot of the exercises are the same, um, similar, but yes. but um, I, I think prosperity is is something that almost naturally comes when you have this relationship with yourself.
2: I would Um, absolutely agree. Uh, Maryam Williamson had said years ago that it's like most people get one or the other first. And mm -hmm. she got the career and prosperity before she got the relationship stuff. I got the the, um, relationship stuff first, but then the prosperity came after what people tell me is that uh, manifesting love will definitely take you deeper into uh, an emotionally healing process. People tend to cry a bit more. And I think it's vital because so many of us have unprocessed grief. So many of us have that inner child and those places inside that have been hurt. And nobody can heal those hurts for us except for ourselves. And, you know, my intention in writing that book, which wasn't an intention at all, just kept showing up when I would meditate and God would say, right. I was doing a television show. Uh-huh. And things kind of stalled out. And what I got when I meditated was write, Right. Right. And I was like, write what? Write about what you know. Well, I don't know anything. Well, you know how you have dysfunctional dysfunctional relationships to one that works. Why do you know that? Not everybody Uh knows that. Write it down. But my intention was to share my process, but also the process of other people that have had great success. And um, then with every chapter, there's exercises. So people can make this journey and rewire themselves. And I, I get feedback from people all over the world. It's it's remarkable. You know, it's like, oh, I picked up your book at a garage sale in Tennessee. Oh, I found your book in a box of books in Brazil. It's, it's really astonishing. And it's like you said, you do the creative work and you let it go. And mm-hmm. um, it's it's been a blessing. It's been um, amazing to connect with people that have read it and to hear how it supported them in coming into a more compassionate relationship with themselves. That is so vital to to be kinder and more gentle with themselves. I think we attract people that treat us like we treat ourselves. So if you want life and others and your beloved to treat you with, say, respect and kindness, treat yourself with respect and kindness and start to watch how things shift around you. Years ago when I was still in utter hell and I'm like, God, where's my husband? Send me a man (laughs) who will love me, respect me and cherish me. And he goes, I will, but not until you love and respect and cherish yourself. And I was like, no, say there's another way. That sounds terrible. I'll do anything with that. And then I heard this really interesting comment. Well, then you'll be playing games the rest of your life. So it's so interesting to me when I connect with people and they play games, I know that at some deep level they don't love themselves. Because, you know, I love the quote, the greatest gift you can offer the world is to be authentically yourself. So let's think about authenticity. What is that? It's being raw. It's being real. It's being, our, our authentic self is loving, but our authentic self is also able to say, I don't know. A lot of people don't want to say, I don't know, or I'm sorry. A lot of people don't want to say that because that false mask, that ego doesn't want to ever um, be perceived as quote unquote weak, but there's a big difference between weakness and vulnerability. The authentic oh, self yeah. is vulnerable. It is kind. It is loving. And so, um, to get back to that place of authenticity within ourselves, oh, that's how we attract what we want. That water finds its own level. We take responsibility for ourselves, and then life will take care of the rest.
1: Speak a little bit about how we sabotage ourselves, because that's that's an interesting chapter or that's two. That's a that's
2: <laughs> a really good that's a good um, subject to talk about, and we all have, according to Carolyn Mace, who's this. Uh, expert about archetypes and sub-personality. she personalities She says, we all have an inner saboteur. And I couldn't figure out, well, why is that? And what is that? What is the purpose of this? And the saboteur is a part of ourselves that maybe feels unworthy, or the part of us that maybe um, isn't on board with what it is we say we want. Like, maybe you consciously think, I would love to have a great relationship. But maybe there's some buried subconscious thought um, that is something like, I'm afraid if I'm in a relationship, I'll lose my freedom. Or um, I'm afraid that they'll see the real me and I'll be embarrassed. Like if they really knew me, they wouldn't love me. So we really have to pull those fears out of the closet and look at them and sit with them and heal them. Um, Because if we don't deeply, deeply, authentically believe in our value and our worthiness, it's going to be really challenging and perhaps impossible to attract someone who sees our worthiness and value. And and if they really do and we don't, we're not going to be in that relationship indefinitely. We're going to find a way to screw it up. Because on some deep level, we don't believe it. We don't believe we deserve that love. We don't think we um, are valuable and worthy. So we couldn't tolerate that kind of love coming from another. So in order to stop sabotaging for ourselves, I think it's really important, to look at what you think about yourself is shameful. What are you ashamed of? Let's bring it out. Let's talk about it. Let's think about it. And, and if you're not comfortable speaking to someone, you can do this in the silence of your home with a, a candle and a journal. Really think about what is it that you're ashamed of? And there's a difference, Barbara, between guilt and shame. Guilt is maybe things we've done. Shame is the essence of who we are. And um, we are not born from original sin. I you know believe that. I used to, and when I did, life didn't work very well. Um, Mm -hmm. I believe in original blessing. And until we can relax and receive that and believe that for ourselves, our life isn't going to show up in a really beautiful, grace-filled way. We can't have magic, (laughs) not sustained magic, (laughs) and we can't manifest consistent miracles unless we believe we are loved and important and valuable and worthy from the perspective of our our creator. I agree with you. And and.
1: I know so many people
2: that really do
1: sabotage themselves. It's, it's like, oh, mm-hmm. this is too good to be true.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> well, it's hard to receive I, it if it, you don't believe you deserve it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And and it just to me, it's like, oh my gosh, you know, you work so hard to get here, and now you're saying, I don't know, this is too good to be true. And and then you then then you hear those self doubts coming in, and then it's like. Yes. Well, well, let's work on yourself. Let's, let's make you worthy of all of this. So you really know you deserve it. And right. um, mm-hmm. sometimes you get there and sometimes you don't. Sometimes it's next go round. Let's, you know, before you go round again, um, let's, let's, let's examine all of this. Let's see where we can make mm-hmm. things better. Not that you're broken, but let's see if we can make things better. And, and, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes people will, will we'll resonate to the let's make things better instead of let's fix what's broken. Because when you're making things better, you actually are fixing what's broken, mm-hmm. but um, it's easier for them to, to embrace the, I'm going to get better. And this is how I'm going to do it um, rather than I'm broken and I need to be fixed.
2: Mm, big difference in those postures and that vibration. Yeah.
1: Well,
2: and I think the it, most important thing we can do to heal, and this is um, what my teachers would tell me when I was in school It's about bringing love and compassion to the places inside that hurt. Mm -hmm. And, again, the inner child is is longing for that attention and affection. And if we can learn to be compassionate and gentle with ourselves when we do make a mistake and um, not overly identify with it as who we are, because we're not. We're a spiritual being, as you said, Barbara. We're a spiritual being having a human experience. And simply by virtue of this um, perception of disconnection from our creator, we're going to stumble, we're going to trip, we're going to fall. This is a school. That's how we learn. We tend to learn more from our, uh, quote, unquote, mistakes and challenges than we do through um, the things that we sail through. Although I do think when we get to a certain altitude, we can do a lot more sailing. We can do a lot more flowing with life instead of being buffeted around on the, the um, periphery of the river. We don't have to get slammed into the rocks quite so often the more gentle and compassionate and kind we are with ourselves, the more unconditionally loving we are with ourselves, the more we attract wonderful, kind people, the more we attract, just like you, the phone will ring with opportunities without a lot of um, pushing, forcing, pressing, chasing, and and coming from Mm -hmm. that place of fear and unworthiness and trying to prove and do and get. For me, definitely this posture of um, relaxing, knowing my value, being gentle with myself, um, it seems to be just a really um, grace-filled way of creating. And it, I feel like the universe wants to bestow gifts on us. Like It's Christmas every day. But if you don't believe uh-huh. you deserve it, how are you going to be able to attract it or even um, recognize it when it shows up? If we're our uh-huh. heads down and we're going and we're working hard, are we going to see the two butterflies that are dancing outside of our window? Are we going to see the beautiful blue jay that's right there, you know? As soon as I started slowing down and paying more attention to the energy of life and started taking things personally as far as the affection and love and adoration that the universe has for me, like the trees are blowing in the breeze and they're waving at me, and I take it personally, like spirit saying hi. I just started um, relaxing and seeing the love that's all around me. And once we see it and believe it and know that that's the essence an energy that animates ourselves, beats our heart, Mm -hmm. breathes us, and everyone else, it sure does seem to change what we see and perceive and how we feel in this world. Oh,
1: yeah. And, you know, every day is full, I mean, full, overflowing with Mm. subtle from spirit and Mm -hmm. and if you stop yourself and you say there's a lesson here what is it Mm -hmm. and you know and and for me lessons are always positive
0: it's it's
1: it's it's, yes it's not it's not oh this is negative and you don't want to do this again it's it's there's there's a positive lesson there and sometimes it's an absolute Mm -hmm. struggle i i have a neighbor who doesn't like me because the people who owned the house before me had problems with her. So um, she's, she, she, she's a sad lady and she's negative and she, she has a bad mouth and, you know, it's, and, and in my younger years, really younger years, I had a very sharp tongue and I could level somebody, you know, without blinking. And, you know, she, she, a number of times got me going and, and it was, it was, it was, I've been here 14 years, so it was a long time ago, but I was, I, I was uh, trying to work on a sermon for the Sunday, and, and I was walking down the street, and she started in on me, and, and I just looked at her, and and I realized, and, and I said to myself, as this woman was verbally attacking me, what's the lesson here? You know, there's got to be a lesson here, mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. I, I didn't do anything but walk down the street. Right. And and I, I saw a mirror, and she became a mirror. And I realized if I sank to her level, I became her.
2: hmm
1: And it was like, whoa! I mm-hmm. and and I just I said something nice to her, and I walked on. And 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 as I walked on, you know, she 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 was floored. She didn't know what to say. I told her she was mm-hmm. looking much better. Her garden was beautiful, and I was, you know, it was a great day. And I realized it, 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 a part of me said, okay, that's that's the law of reflection. And and I should pay attention to it. And at the same time, this is what the higher road feels like. And it's a damn good feeling.
2: And, it does you know, feel a lot better to be in our loving.
1: Yeah. and And so, you know, no matter no matter what the occasion, whether it's you're finding a parking place or you're not finding a parking place, there's a lesson. There's a good lesson there. It may be that you need the exercise, or it may be that someone else needed the space more, or mm-hmm. you know, it, it could be it could be any number of things. But if you go through the day and every time something happens, say, say to yourself, "What's the lesson here? What's the positive mm-hmm. lesson that I get from this situation?" Um, yeah, because if
2: we don't do that, we feel like we're a victim, like the world's against us, the universe is against us, and that's that feels it's it's a terrible feeling. It really creates a lot of um, pain and suffering in our reality. And you're so right we can we can uh rephrase that question instead of why is this happening to me to why is this happening for me and yes. something that helped me a great deal was understanding the goal line versus the soul line in the world cuz when we incarnate we didn't we didn't come here to necessarily gather and accumulate and just have fun although that can be a part of the the journey we're here to grow as souls. this is a school but what i found if the soul gets what it wants it doesn't mind so much if i get what i want on the goal line so if Mm -hmm. you imagine a diagonal going up the goal line is the diagonal going up well i want the car i want the home i want the relationships i want you know the money and if the soul line is going straight across horizontally we're going up the goal line, we're getting what we want, and then all of a sudden we're slammed down on the soul line. Something terrible has happened. We've been in a car accident. Our boyfriend broke up with us. I lost my job. And this is where we can say, what is my soul trying to learn? And as soon as we Mm -hmm. get that, what I find is we move out of the discomfort of that more quickly and get back up to the goal line where things are more fun and graceful and joyful. And so when we transition, when we die, we don't take the goal line stuff with us. We take the soul line stuff with us. So to to keep that in perspective, so people call me sometimes, Tammy, I need an appointment. I'm on I'm on the soul line. <laughs> I'm in hell. <laughs> so at least they know now. It's like when you're in discomfort, there's opportunity. Sometimes it can be hard to figure that out all by ourselves. That's why I do what I do. Um, I create the meditations for people to do this work themselves, that I'm available to work with them personally if they need some support and a touchstone to remind them of a higher truth. And, and just understanding this for myself has been, very very helpful so I don't go into that sense of unworthiness and disconnection it can support us in um, staying empowered what is the lesson what is the blessing in this and to really listen to that still small voice within because they're always you're right Barbara there is always something there for us oh yeah and what
1: what I have found and and, um, I've been in this field for probably well more than 50 years now that that um, as a teacher, I, I and a student because I'm a student and I'm a, I'm a student of the cosmos and a teacher at the same time. And and I have found that those experiences that I am most effective with with people are those that I've had myself. And and, you know, if I can speak from. If I can draw the compassion from my own experience, it is it is of greater validity to those people that I'm talking to. For sure. And, you know, when, when, after I lost, when my husband was actually dying in the hospital, he said, well, now you can talk to people about having a dying husband. And I said, yeah, but I would have rather had this lesson maybe 20 years from now, you know, thanks so much for the lesson, but you know, you could have waited for a while and mm-hmm. and it was like two or three days after he passed away, I was on the phone counseling people who had lost their husbands, and mm-hmm. and I could tell the difference. You know, I used to I used to say I can't imagine what it feels like, but and now I now I can say I understand what you're feeling, and it does get better.
2: I can really and, relate. But well, creates yeah. that relatedness, that relationship, and I think we can heal profoundly in relationship when we're held in that energy of. um, true understanding and love and compassion. And um, I remember years ago, Marian Williamson had said, nobody can help a, help a struggling alcoholic like somebody who's um, been re- is in recovery that has recovered from that kind of addiction. Nobody can support an anorexic in navigating that challenging terrain by somebody who has healed that for themselves. And I um, years ago wondered why I had to go through with so much quote unquote crap. And what I got was (laughs) someday you're going to be able to help other people get through this quote unquote crap. I'm going to be able to be a guiding light for the people that are hurting like I was hurting. And that made Uh things make a lot more sense because I knew I didn't want to study or learn from counselors or teachers that were just um, teaching from theory rather than Uh from actual practice. I wanted people to be the living example of what I wanted to learn from and, and hopefully emulate one day. So I think that that is, absolutely true I think we're like spiritual rock climbers and as we climb the mountain there are people above us that can help us up and there are people below us that we can help up and we can just navigate this terrain to get to the top of the mountain and I think it's a really again um, a wonderful way to to live our lives on this insane planet
1: <laughs> oh absolutely and I and I think it's a good lesson for, for anybody to take if you want to learn something go to someone who has mastered it a living example. and mm-hmm. yeah I mean, um it, it it's funny when I look at my life and I think I, I tell I told somebody once, you know, they were telling me their their tough times and I said, you know, well, you know, time out here, you know, where I'm not charging you for this reading. Yeah, let me let's compare and see who has more crap in their life or has had more crap mm-hmm. and I won. And, and and I said, Look, look, it it's it's all it's, it's to teach you something. It's it's mm-hmm. to learn from. It's to grow from. It's to become a better person. And don't write thank you notes. Absolutely not. But recognize that you were given a gift with this experience, no matter how bad it is. And I, I, uh, uh, a phrase I have coined, and, and somebody else probably said it, but I, I can't. Give anyone else credit for it, so I'm just going to say it's mine it's it's a, in in the middle of every major horrible disaster is the seed of a miracle yet to be discovered
2: mm-hmm. yep, and that it, it's so it's so very true i I can look back on the things that I thought were so horrible, and they were the greatest um learning experiences, which again is that gem from the soul level perspective from the divine perspective if if we can Uh, And I think forgiveness can be a really big piece of the puzzle to unravel all those hurt feelings to get that place of forgiving others and ourselves. And then we can garner that wisdom. And sometimes with forgiveness, we have to fake it until we make it. And it happens Mm -hmm. in layers and it is a process, but if that is our intention and years ago, that, that was what I got clear. What do you want? What do you want the most, Tammy? What I wanted the most was to live a life of love and truth. That's what I boil it down to, and that has been my um, Mm -hmm. touchstone and guiding light. And it's it's been a circuitous journey, and I couldn't have predicted any of it. And it's been a wild ride, but I know for for sure, I did not come here to be bored, and I don't think you did either. (laughs) It's like I didn't not going to the carnival to ride the merry go round. I want to ride the roller coaster. (laughs) Well, you know, I think too.
1: It's it's as a spirit coming into this lifetime, there there were um, the spirit had a bucket list. And and some some people's bucket list, spiritually speaking, is bigger than others. For sure. But but and and you know every every now and then I think the next time I decide to to come back down, I'm going to try to in some way leave a message to myself to not be so ambitious, to mm, relax and to, enjoy the journey more. Yeah, to to let's let's pick on a couple of major things and work on them and and not decide to check all the boxes this time because Yeah.
2: I think I went for a and, big bite myself. I had indigestion for a while. Yeah, and 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 it's it's kind of it, it people forget that
1: the, the the lessons may come kaboom 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 kaboom, but you asked for that. You yeah, signed up for signed that. We signed up for it. We can't Which, remember
2: the contract or curriculum but we can we can rest easy that that is indeed the case and and there and are despite, no mistakes you know, it's not a level playing field as we look around on planet earth it can seem like well it's not fair why are some people born with silver spoon and silver spoons in their mouth and they're not even good people and then there's people running from bullets and and suffering at the hands of terrible abuse why is this fair well it's, it's not if you just look at it from strictly our human physical world reality perspective, but there's much more going on than meets the eye. We don't know what those souls oh, were yeah. up to before they incarnate, incarnated. And some of us have a bigger bag of, of karma to clear out of our backpack than others. And we just have to trust that there is a higher order, even if we can't see it. You know, No. And,
1: and you know, while, while physically speaking, we can see and perceive just this reality as a spirit, you know, there are millions of realities there. There are, mm-hmm. I mean, there is such okay. an intricate, mm-hmm. you know, an, in, yeah, an infinite um, web of of growth and expansion and development, and and you know, the the really hard stuff knocks off the rough edges. The subtle stuff, you know, smooths and sharp and and shines. And mm-hmm. from from every experience, if you survive, there is a part of you that is brighter. And if you find that part and you, and you, and you, you know, I, some people say surrender to something and, and I don't like the word surrender because that means to give up. I like embrace because that means, okay, I'm going to take this and I'm going to embrace it and I'm going to make it my own and I'm going to grow from it.
2: Mm, that's interesting. Cause I love the word surrender. To me, what it means is surrender to love, surrender to faith, surrender to, um, the universe. The universe is on my side and has my back, and I can relax and enjoy the journey. Uh-huh. So when I start clutching, I tend to want to surrender that same energy that's moving the planets around the sun. So perhaps it's just a different way of perceiving the word. But I kind of I take solace in it. At first, it was scary because I didn't uh-huh. trust. I didn't trust That, that yeah. life loved me. But the more I practice with it, the more I kind of love that word. <laughs> well, I can see it both ways. I, I can. I can. Yeah, and, we, see and you know, it it's just ways. like everything. We have to see what feels right and fits for us. There's no one right way. It's like what you'd said. Mm -hmm. If if there's seven and a half billion people on the planet, which is, I guess, what they're estimating, there's seven and a half billion different ways of perceiving this reality. And it's not so much about getting people to agree with us. It's just exploring what it is that resonates for you and your own truth. And uh, just let your life be the living example of, of what your beliefs are and what your joy is.
1: Yeah and and I think that's the big thing. You 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 come to know yourself, you come to treasure yourself, you come to understand your frailties and and work on your and you be a better person. And that means your little spot in the universe becomes it shines brighter, brighter. and and I often
2: mm-hmm.
1: and I often think people that like you who have gone through so so much stuff And, and you have polished yourself and you're shining so brightly, you are a living example of what embracing the light is all about. And it Mm -hmm. isn't so much that, you know, that it, that they need to, you know, studying and come for counseling and stuff. You're the example. If they read your books, they know what you've been through. And you know, and and I'm not saying you you know you you don't do a personal service because of course you do. And and by the way, her website is w dot dot com. Um, you know, it it it's it's sort of like just the fact that you exist gives people hope that they can find the same kind of light within themselves. And and you you draw people to you. It's like a magnet. You know, you're radiating the brightness that you found within and sharing it. And, and that's my intention,
2: book. you know? yeah. And, I, and um, the book years on, ago when I was yeah. like, God, I want to be a healer. I want to be a helper. I want to, I want to alleviate suffering. He said, don't worry about any of that. Just let your life <laughs> be the living example of your beliefs. Yep. And I was like, really? That's it? Yep. And that's, that's all I do. It's sort of like if you imagine tending your own garden. Instead of me running around telling people how to, you know, get rid of their weeds and grow better tomatoes, I stay in my garden. And I mm-hmm. till my dirt and I plant my seeds and I weed it and I take really good care of my garden and it's flourishing. And now people are coming up and going, how'd you get that tomato to be so big? How, how, do, <laughs> how would you get those flowers to, to do so well? And, and it, it really is about letting your life be the living example, not so much about trying to rescue anyone because that never works. It's not so much about telling no. anybody what they need to do. And something I found to be quite a relief, a friend of mine said to me, Tammy, you need to chill. If people don't ask you the question, They can't hear the answer. You can give them pearls of wisdom, but if they don't crack the door open and aren't ready to receive it, it's just, again, don't throw your pearls before swine. It's not that, you know, we're better than anyone, but, you know, a a pig wants corn. The the pig does not want a pearl, you know? Mm -hmm. So I just don't don't really engage unless people ask me questions because, you know, it's not good for them and it's not fun for me.
1: I think that's, that's, that's a great piece of advice because so often people get into this field and, and, you know, like we've been going back and forth here because we're both full of juicy stuff, but, (laughs) but basically, basically, you know, the lady you bump into in the grocery store doesn't care and doesn't Mm -hmm. want to hear it and, and waiting to be asked a question, I, I, uh, um, a long time ago when I started teaching in the 60s. um, I had a friend who had four children, and she was worried about one of them, and one of them clearly had a disability of some sort, and she was a good friend of mine, and there was no way I was going to pull her aside and say, hey, you know, that little one got a problem there, and it took a year and a half, and she finally said to me, you know, I'm, I'm a little worried about I forget what his name was now. It's that long ago. And I said, are you asking me as a friend or as a professional? And she said, professional. I said, you need to get him tested. He needs help.
2: Mm -hmm. And she she said, Mm -hmm.
1: yeah. And it was like, it was like, wow. (laughs) And she said, why did you tell me years ago? I said, would you have listened? And she said,
2: no. And she might have got defensive or she would have been in a resistance. If they're not open, you know, there's no place for it to go. I might have lost a friend. And, yeah, exactly, and exactly. You got to let people know so, where
0: the are mm-hmm.
1: Oh, geez. Yeah. And that's hard when when so often you see something happening and you want to you want to, you know, wave a red flag or blow a whistle or something. And and you have to you have to be supportive and wait until somebody asks you for for what you've got because otherwise they, you know, that's your, your friend was right. You know, they, if they're not ready to listen, then, then saying something to, receive.
2: to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're not open to receive. And that comes back full circle to what we've been talking about. I think in order to receive great things, we have to be open to receive. So we mm-hmm. have to set the intention. We have to know we're worthy. And from my perspective, Barbara, and I would imagine you agree, we're all divine. We're all incredibly worthy, wonderful children of our creator but if we don't believe it for ourselves then it's hard to receive uh the treasures and the abundance of the universe uh, another quote that i love so many of us are like princes and princesses playing around trash cans well <laughs> i did that for a long time and i don't do that anymore <laughs> mm-hmm. there's you no know, more it's, around a trash can so many people are the, running around looking for nickels and dimes on the ground when there's hundred dollar bills on trees above them and if you can just relax and know your value it can it can just show up in your life in in a way that's really um supportive and co-creative and amazing miraculous magical like you say
1: oh yeah and you know i think the one of the coolest things about this whole process is that first of all you're never done learning you're constantly learning you're constantly growing. and absolutely and i i Somebody once said to me what do, what do the people what do your followers think of your the journey that you've been on and I looked at the the guy and I said I would be horrified if anybody was following me because I don't really know where I'm going. And
2: <laughs> good that's because God's in the driver's seat. That's a good place to you be. You got
1: it. Yeah. And and the, the thing is up. that that you don't while, while while both of us have masters degrees in lots of stuff um we haven't mastered life we're still working on it and and so you know happily with my with this radio show i'm required to read at least one if not two books a week and i am learning so much it's it's just it's such a joy and and it enhances everything i am and everything i do i don't Mm -hmm. always agree with everything but but I am absolutely so enriched by the whole process and it, I'm, I'm going to be 74 this year and I feel younger than I have ever felt. And, That's and
2: beautiful. having,
1: having this kind of energy does that to you. It it, it has you constantly excited about life and, and it's not mm-hmm. slowing down. It's, it's keeping enthusiasm.
2: up. Yes. Enthusiasm, yeah. the nectar of the gods. And this is a toast that I, um, I love and I frequently um, share with friends of mine when I'm having a glass of wine or even a cup of tea, I want to take a moment and just say, you know what, I want to acknowledge this is the best life has ever been and the best is still yet to come because I don't ever want to put a lid on it. I don't ever want to stop creating and learning and dancing and enjoying this experience. I want to just continue to expand and go higher and higher and higher until it's finally time to say yes to the next adventure and drop this physical form and see what happens next. And I have a friend oh, who's yeah. really interesting who works with hospice. And she goes, I find that people approach death like they approach their life. And if that's the case for me, I'm going to continue to be curious. and <laughs> want to keep learning and it's going to be an adventure. And it's, it's been interesting. I've witnessed a few people transition in the last uh, couple of years. And that has been the experience people that are contracted and fearful and angry. That's how they approach their transition and the people that are more curious and joyful they're like wonder what's coming next and i I really um want to stay in that um particular posture myself because as i do and as i trust the process i i enjoy the journey and i do keep learning and uh it's it's a really fun way to navigate this planet
1: now your your radio show is journey to center and it's on empower radio um when is it on
2: it's on Thursdays at 11 a.m. or 10 a.m. Pacific. And then it's um, also on iHeartRadio, iTunes, Stitcher. And um, if you go to Empower Radio, or you can Google search Empower Radio, Journey to Center, my library of um, archived podcasts are there. And I've had some incredible conversations with some amazing teachers. Um, I've interviewed Dr. Evan Alexander, Harville Hendricks, um, Mark Nepo, um, and a lot of people you won't know of. I've recently booked um, Byron Katie, Terry Cole Whitaker, just some amazing human beings with some amazing books. I'm like you, Barbara, when I first started doing it, I was really afraid. and was like, who's going to talk to me? And I was out trying to get people to say yes. And now publicists get a hold of me, people find me, and and occasionally I'll do an invitation, and and 90% of the time people say yes. And it is, it's, it's my happiest place to have conscious conversations. So I yeah. just want to thank you for letting me be part of the energy of your show, because I think you're just adorable and so much fun.
1: Well, nightlight is, has been an adventure for me for sure. And I, I always, yeah. somebody said, why nightlight? And I said, you know, in the darkness, there always has to be a spark and I want to be that spark.
0: Aww. And
1: it uh, it it's you know I'll, I'll be a nightlight for people and and bring people like you into into the show. We, we're down to our last couple minutes, so I do want to thank you so much for for being here and for sharing your wisdom and your books and and um that's manifesting love from the inside out and manifesting prosperity from the inside out. Both of them are just incredible books and they're on Amazon and they're on Kindle too. So. Um, I, I'm lucky I have them in, in, in both ways. I have them in hardback and I have them on my Kindle and, um, they're, they're incredible. And, your and if story, people go to my
2: website, I have a free ebook called the path to prosperity. It's a 32 page read. It's seven blocks of why you're not manifesting what you want. And the 14 things you can do to start moving energy and start getting into the flow of prosperity and attracting love and there's a guided meditation embedded on um, in this on page 16. And some people listen to that same guided meditation for a year and still get, still get new value. So it's a gift I like to be able to offer people if they're really ready to start moving energy and lining up with their soul and having um, more fun on this planet.
1: Absolutely. Well, listen, I'm going to have to have you back on again, and we're going to have to um... – take stuff apart again and put it back together because <laughs> this is but not the left way because
2: you're busy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's it.
2: You're in demand. <laughs> but, well, I,
1: I'm I'm busy with reading books for sure. Um <laughs> thank you again so much. This has been such a joy and I, I will certainly be talking to you privately as well. And the show will be on YouTube by tomorrow. So um I will catch up with everybody there, and thanks again, Tammy. This has been great.
2: Thank you, Barbara. God bless you.
1: (laughs) You too. (laughs) Good night now. Thank you.
2: Bye for now.